0: Welcome to the May 27th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Today we will be reading Proverb 27, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you have in store for them today. I pray that you would give them the revelation of how much Jesus truly loves them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 27, beginning in verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips." A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Wrath is cruel, and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Do not forsake your own friend, or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. My son, be wise, and make my heart glad, that I may answer him who reproaches me. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger, and hold it in pledge when he is surety for a seductress. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. A continual dripping on a very rainy day, and a contentious woman are alike, whoever restrains her restrains the wind, and grasps oil with his right hand. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit, so he who waits on his master will be honored. As in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, and a man is valued by what others say of him. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field, you shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household, and the nourishment of your maid servants. Today we are going to take a closer look at verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. When I thought about this verse, I thought about Jacob, and I want to continue our story about Jacob. Now, if you recall in our podcast last week, Jacob had gone in and deceived his father, Isaac, and he went in and told him, I am your firstborn son, Esau. He deliberately lied to his dad and told him he was not who he was. He actually said he was his older brother, so he would receive the blessing that Isaac had for him. We also found out that even though it appeared at the beginning of that chapter that Isaac would be... leaving this earth soon, that he was about ready to die, that he actually lived 20 years after this. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 29, and I am going to introduce you to two very important people in the Bible, and one is Rachel and the other is Leah. And many of you know this story, but a number of you probably don't. And that's okay. You're going to find out about this story right now. We are going to begin in verse 9 of chapter 29. Now while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father, Then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him, and embraced him, and kissed him, and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month." I want to talk about this month thing real quick. This is a good time to point this out, because last week on the podcast, I made mention that the mother, Rebecca, was only planning on Jacob having to leave the country for about a month, and this is that month that we were talking about. But as we find out in the coming minutes, we're going to find out that is not the case that he's going to actually spend a great deal of time with Laban and these two daughters. Let's continue in verse 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in to her. So what has happened here? is that the seven years have already passed. And I'm going to go into this in depth in just a few moments. But basically how this story plays out is this. It is late at night, and Laban says, Okay, Jacob, you can have your wife. But try to picture this, okay? This is a long time ago, so they do not have electricity. They do not have lights. So think about maybe a campground if you've ever gone camping. Think about a campground. Think about a tent. And this is the type of arrangement we're probably talking about. So anyway, he brings a woman to Jacob and says, here she is. And so it's pitch black at night. They go into the tent, and Jacob is so excited about having a woman that he consummates this marriage, and he has sex with her. Unfortunately, in the morning, reality occurs, and he realizes, wait a minute, this isn't Rachel. This is Leah. But I do want to read verse 26. This is Laban's justification for what he has done. And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also, for the service which you will serve with me still Another seven years. So basically what Laban is saying here, he is realizing that, my gosh, I really did trick him, didn't I? Hmm. Okay. If he really wants Rachel that bad, and he obviously must because he has worked hard for me for seven years, and my gosh, this is a hard worker. I really want to keep him around So I think he actually obviously did this on purpose, but basically what he's saying is just spend one week with Leah, the older daughter, spend some time with her, have sex with her, and if you do that for an entire week, then I will also give you Rachel, and you can have her now, But in order for you to have her, you need to agree that you're going to spend another seven years with me. Now, let me break this story down for you. And there's three things that I want to talk about. Number one is God's timing may be different than ours. Okay, what I want you to think about is this. Now, I'm thinking Jacob has put in his time for Rachel. He obviously is madly in love with this woman. It says she's beautiful, and not only in looks and appearance, but her body is also that way. So think about the swimsuit issue of Sports Illustrated. This is his dream girl, and now he is going to have her And she is going to be his wife. Now, you can only speculate because of the way the story plays out. But my guess would be he wants to take this girl, Rachel, and probably move away from her father. That's my guess. But if that's the case, this is what I'm talking about here. Oh my gosh. I've got to spend another seven years here. So this kind of goes with verse 1 of our proverb today, 27. We'll be get, get back to that in a minute. But let me just say that our timing sometimes does not coincide with God's timing. I know that God knew this was going to happen in advance, but Jacob obviously didn't. So that is number one. Now let's take a look at number two. Two isn't necessarily better than one. Now in our society today, you know, I kind of think this is actually almost like a trick because, you know, it says buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one half price. And most of the time when we think about having two, we automatically think that it's better than one. Well, may I suggest to you that it's better to have one wife than it is two wives. Okay, back at this time, polygamy was very routine, and it was very common for a man to have two wives. I don't think that works out very well. This is the second time in the Bible that this has happened. Okay, first, if we go back a few chapters, this happened with Abraham. And Sarah was unable to have children, and yet the Lord had told Abraham that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And so they made a decision that while God said that, 13 years have passed since God made that promise to Abraham. So what Sarah says is, here, you take my maidservant and you have sex with her. And if you don't know that story, that did not end well. That produced another son, and that was not good. And so anyway, let me just say, two is not always better than one. And let's take a look at number three. It says, if you truly want something bad enough, you will pay a lot for it. Now, when I taught special ed for 14 years, I always used to tell my kids, I said, you know, nothing comes easily in life. You know, if you're trying to do an endeavor, like if you want to take up the sport of basketball, for example, you do not automatically pick up that basketball and start putting that ball in the hoop. Even from three feet, you don't. When you're first starting to learn the game of basketball, these are called layups, And it's called a layup because it should be really easy to put the ball in the hoop. And yet when you're first starting the game of basketball, it takes you 15, 20 shots before you actually start putting the ball in the hoop. And then you start saying, well, that's not so bad. And so you go out 5 feet and 8 feet and 15 feet and start making baskets from further and further away from the basket. But the point is... If you truly want something bad enough, you will be willing to work hard for it and spend a lot of time on it. Now, before we close, I want to go back to our proverb of the day, Proverb 27, and let's look at verse 1 again. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. So, In analysis of this story, Jacob is now going to have to work another seven years for Rachel. In a week, he's going to have her. He's going to be able to have her as a wife. He's going to be able to have sex with her. But he has made a commitment for another seven years for this to happen. I will never close a podcast without giving anyone a chance to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Friends, if there are any of you today that who have never taken that step, I invite you to say this simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus down to earth. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come down to earth and become fully man as well as fully God. You made yourself a man and were tempted in every area just as we are, and yet you never gave in to temptation and sinned. Thank you that you were willing to go on a cross and die for me. By doing that, you have forgiven all of my sins, past, present, and future. Jesus Thank you for saving me. I believe that you died on that cross and you rose again on the third day. And you ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God. And yet, even though you are there, you also dwell inside of me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you said that prayer today, please send me a quick email at billkelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y 08 07 at protonmail.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me on Monday again. This is a weekend, so I will not be with you tomorrow or Sunday. But on Monday, please rejoin me as we further explore wisdom today.